Welcome to Gears Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name is Christy Moore and I'm joining Dr. Jumpsman Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today we'll be chatting about unique feminine traits and how we have them in business. Hope you get value from it. Hey, morning, Joe. It's good to hear your voice this morning. Yeah, we haven't morning, chatted Christy. for a while in I this know. medium. Hey, we haven't. We haven't. It's been it's been great to um, talk to some other people, but um, it's lo- always lovely to get back and talk to you, Christy. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> You're my favorite. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, it, it it's it's true. It's true. This podcast really is. Um, I guess it's our COVID child in it a way. Is, yes, it's our it COVID is. child. So yeah. yeah, I definitely have a fondness for this medium as well with you. So we have been away from, you know, recording for a while. And yeah. this is actually, this was actually planned to celebrate Women's Month uh, last month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but how have you been? How have you well, been lately? I've been all right, Christy. I'm on the mend. So um as you know, I, I was in te- beautiful Tasmania after Easter. Um, and if anybody wants to go just for a bit of a, a break and walk in nature, Tasmania is just stunning. Um, so my partner and I, we went on a road trip. But unfortunately, the second last day of the trip, I fell at a, at a, um, a blowhole, so by the ocean, on some oh rocks. And I fell right onto my elbow and fractured my elbow in lots of places. It was an open fracture. So... Lots of drama, lots of blood, um, yeah. and my partner had to drive me on windy roads to small, a very small community health centre, and then they, they sent me to Launceston General Hospital, and I had to have surgery. Um, and so I ended, I ended up staying in Tassie for a little bit longer than I'd planned. I had to send him back on the spirit of Tasmania because we had brought our car over. So he was not very happy on that boat trip back to Melbourne. Um, and then I flew back uh, about 24 hours later. So it was a bit of a drama. And then I've ended up in sort of recovery and um, doing some exercises with my elbow. But um, it's three weeks in and, and it's coming good. I'm, my, my aim is to get the strength back and also to get the flexibility back. Um, but it's um, it was a very unexpected um, occurrence. And it's one of those things where you sort of, you know, you, you have all these plans, you know, I had planned to have a little bit of a break and then get back to work in a, you know, uh, with my usual 200% back into work. And I just couldn't, I had to take the time to heal and um, get over the surgery and just, you know, and, and lots of people helped me, which is great. I had lots of support around me, but yeah, it did not go to plan, Christy. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and just hearing about blood I don't know why I didn't even think ah! there was no bleeding oh uh, yes. my goodness are you do you well, have a good pain no threshold pain. I think I do what I learned is that I probably have quite a high pain tolerance because even the nurses were a bit surprised um and uh so I think I I probably am a um you know lucky to have that because I think it's a very that that is a very kind of internal sensitivity that um, that some people have, and I don't have that. So I think wow. I, can, I can put up with a lot. And the other thing I learned is that my partner was really happy that I was a bit of a trooper because he's not good at um, sort of being perhaps the more nurturing nurse carer. He was worried that. I would be really needy and he wouldn't be up for the task. So, 
So it's interesting what you learn. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I think it, it's interesting because we're talking, we're going to be talking about feminine traits, yes. especially. Um, but it would be interesting if we talked about masculine traits with someone as well in the future. I think yeah. we yeah. Yeah, because like, will. yeah, yeah, because I sort of can understand that in a sense from Spiro's point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we were worried. I mean, sorry I wasn't worried about that but it it was interesting because he was worried about that and so because he knows that's not a strength that he he has so he was worried about letting me down but look he didn't let me down he looked after me and was very supportive as was you know other family members and people I work with as well everybody's been great um and um, and now I'm on the mend so that's that's fantastic so yeah so all good Christy and but, but Christy, you've got, you've just had um, something new happen. So yeah. I heard you had, have just adopted a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. My husband and I adopted a senior cat. Oh. He's 13 years old. So he's actually older than us in human years. He's 68. Oh, wow. oh my so, gosh. Yeah. And he's meowing in the background because he wants to be <laughs> out here, but I didn't want him to be tangled up in the cords or anything. He's yeah. very... He's a rag doll. Do you know what that is, Joe? No, I am not a cat person, so you have to explain it. All. Okay, I'm okay. Allergic to cats. Oh right, so. you do have an allergy. So yeah. I'm an animal person, but I'm more of a dog person. My husband loves cats, mm-hmm. and we basically saw, you know, heard about the pop- overpopulation in Melbourne with yeah, cats and rabbits. It's actually, sad. it's a horrible situation. So we were not sure, but I thought, you know, a senior cat would be harder to adopt out so I just said can we kind of can we go in that direction so we were exploring lots of different no (laughs) we're not saints (laughs) at all we're we're just like one you know it's overwhelming because it's like oh my gosh there's so many as well and you just feel like is one gonna help but Mm. we just said let's just go for it with one it's like this week yeah so a ragdoll um is beautiful obviously and that's why people get them but their temperament is like a dog oh so they follow you everywhere so it's not like typical cat where that's why he's crying because he's like i want to be out here but i know that i'm gonna be distracted and he's you know he might get like into the mic or something and then we're gonna have to start over so yeah he has a little cat room and that's where he's meowing from. It's just close to the study because I don't have a door to the study. So that's why. So if anyone's concerned about some animal welfare, <laughs> it's not that he's, you know, good. yeah, abused or anything. He's just and, and wanting Christy, to be how here. do you pronounce his name? Is it Finn Dick? Yeah. Ah. And we looked it up. Yeah. Good memory. It's so oh. funny. Um, so we just call him Finn because it just sounds yeah. funny. Um, yeah. But I looked it up and I thought it was Icelandic or something, but it means hazelnut and that's the coloring of him so in in which in which language? in turkish apparently oh! i just googled it so he, yeah he, he was a he had a turkish family okay i wonder he someone mm. they said an elderly person had to give him up because oh. the elderly person themselves it's very very sad yeah because at first um yeah they had a hard time adopting him out because usually like his breed would fly off the radar mm. like people but would I be want his, his age his, his age and mm. he has a lot of medical conditions right now Aww. he has like kidney mild kidney disease he has spondylosis arthritis and he has a bit of dental disease that we had to clean up so it's just been five days but oh, yeah wow. i'm like a complete <laughs> crazy cat person um well i mean i'm a fin person i think yeah, yeah. 
So I'm he's yeah, he's beautiful. So he is beautiful. It's absolutely like having like a child, sort of. Like in a sort of yeah, in a of strange course. sense. Of yeah. Course. So I could totally understand why people like get crazy over their pets, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so it is really exciting. It is really exciting. So, but his oh, his meowing is making a cameo into our podcast. Fabulous. All right, Let, we'll, we will embrace that. So, okay, that's yeah. all good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then we love to hear from listeners. Although we're a business podcast, if you have yeah. pets and they distract you from doing your work, please let us know. <laughs> that's right. I think I think I've been on a lot of uh, Microsoft Teams or Zoom sessions where people kind of you know get like suddenly their cat or their dog is sort of in the screen. I think it's fabulous. It's part of us bringing our whole selves to work, which is a theme that kind of I think runs through. Yeah, um, you know, sort of my um, a lot of my life, and I think that that's wonderful, and and um, it gives a whole new dimension to to what we know about people and what we know about them in terms of like like I guess their strengths and what they can what they can manage in their lives. So so that's yeah. true. So, yeah. yeah, I think that it's bad, true. fantastic. That's so great. Welcome, Finn. Welcome. Yes. Finn. Okay. Finny, do you Welcome hear that? Finn. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. He wants to be part of the conversation. He's nonstop meowing. Love it. Anyways, we want us we wanted to celebrate Women's Month last month. Yeah. So um, we're gonna wrap up that uh, celebration today about so we're gonna explore some feminine traits mm-hmm. that are needed and useful in business. So today Josephine yes. and I we're gonna be discussing particularly feminine traits of creating connection, nurturing, and empathy. And we also just want to clarify that we value masculine traits as well and respect Mm -hmm. men. And this isn't about pitting genders against one another, but just specifically highlighting some feminine traits as we're both women and we know the positivity that they have that are not traditionally associated with business sometimes. And we miss that. So that's why we want to bring a highlight to this. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, let's start off with the social element of women as great mm. connectors, Joe. So mm. you're a really mm. great connector just because of your personality and just your openness. Um, not every woman is like you either, Joe, because I think you're a specific person as well. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you always make people feel really good and, you know, you include people a lot. So, yeah, but this um, element of being great connectors, Joe, mm. how in mm. business, like, yeah. You could probably list how important that is. Yeah, it is. Um, thanks, Christy, and thank you. I, I, I you know, I, I do have a passion um, for connecting people. It is, it, you know, bringing communities together is one of my um, sort of purpose sort of statements. One of my, and it's always always part of my vision. Um, but women in particular um, tend to be great connectors because um, when we go back to sort of, I guess our early socialization and the way in which we treat sort of boys and girls and we do treat them differently even from babies and a lot of the research says this you know we for example we will hold a baby in a particular way whether it's a boy or a girl we might be uh we might sort of demonstrate more kind of um nurturing or uh softer gentle um behaviors towards a a a, a female um, infant versus a male infant, whereas the male infant people, um, you know, they'll usually be more rough and tumble from, say, the um, the father figure in that person's life, in that infant's life. So we 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 sort of even the way we hold hold infants is different depending on whether they're, they're, yeah they're males and females, and that wow. then so that really kind of uh, 
and again, from there, um, there's so many occurrences in sort of our social upbringing that actually means that that what we reinforce for girls, for infants, female infants and girls, is this idea of connection. And the idea of connection is also um, reinforced by, uh, I guess, an idea that that um, when when we see ourselves as part of our environment, we then consider connection more. And so, uh, for example, I might walk into an organisation and I don't see myself as necessarily separate to the environment. I, I, if I see myself as connected to the environment, what I'm going to be prioritising is relationships with others. I'm going to be looking for um, ways in which those relationships are being um, enhanced or nurtured. I'm also going to be looking at not only the, the relationships of the people I see around me, but the relationships of their relationships. So there's a kind of, you know, almost like a spider web out. I'm going to be looking at my suppliers in that way as a way. So I'm going to be looking at, at everyone who is a stakeholder around me in my business as a potential relationship. And I will make decisions with that with uh, while prioritizing that. So, so women, uh, not all women, like you say, not all women are the same. Um, mm. And actually, uh, we we need to keep prefacing that. But but socialization of women in Western countries tells us that they will often be more. Um, they will often have a predisposition in a way or preference towards considering relationships as a priority or considering connections and so for example mm. um so for example even even um like my teenage niece um she will consider all of the relationships of of her friendship network around her when making a decision for example and she's going to be more there's going to be more of a preference for her to do that because of her socialization and and there's also um, I, I really like a philosopher called David Bacan, who in the 1960s talked about this and his view of, he actually wrote a book about the duality of human nature and his view was that, you know, um, feminine traits, in other words, feminine strengths come from our socialisation into a more connected sort of human being. And and the challenge for um, for women then is to learn some of the, characteristics related to differentiating themselves in other words because they kind of you know they're socialized into necessarily seeing themselves as connected in their environment they might also need to work on well how do I differentiate myself how do I you know how do I speak up how do I um how do I sort of jump into those leadership shoes and really um become um a leader who is differentiated from others how do I prioritize my achievements over for example the achievements of my family and other people around me and my team um, so some of those challenges can come from this preference for connection and it can also so it can pr produce challenges but it can also be an incredible strength because the way in which we we know almost the new economy, um, the way in which we experience that is through connection. So, for example, marketers know that. They know that, you know, people will spend a dollar, a marketing dollar, because their friend or trusted 
person has recommended a brand. Right. Um, and, yes. And, and yes, and people will will more like are more likely to trust a brand where they see that brand connecting with, for example, the causes that for they sure. also believe in. So again, it's this we're looking for to, we're looking for the things in our environment that reinforce our idea of connection, and also yeah. even the whole move towards um, um, the digital landscape, agile ways of working, our modern ways of working is about connecting in with more people so that we get ideas that that are more representative of um, you know kind of a, a diversity that we need to deal with so that we can then innovate. So innovation very much requires um, that you start and you start with connection and you leverage connection so that you 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 bring all of the voices into a room before you decide what the priorities are otherwise you might be left on the shelf for example you might be you might not see an opportunity coming and you and it might pass you by so and and we know a lot of businesses where we sort of that's been the case where they haven't leveraged the the really the multiple voices, the diverse voices that they they could have um, in their stakeholder mix. And so they've gone with a priority. And in the end, you know, that company becomes um, really um, quite redundant. Um, and, and even, you know, even, for example, you can think of, for example, the difference between eBay and Amazon. I mean, Amazon is this incredible, um, innovative organisation that, that just keeps building on, on their innovations because they they have an ear to their customer base they, they they're actually ideating on what their customers might need and they produce that even before their customers know they need it whereas i think ebay had that opportunity in the 90s they were really the only sort mm -hmm. of uh, sort of digital marketplace but they didn't use that opportunity that they had by but you know through their market share to then grow they did change that along their journey um and i think that their um that the recent ebay history is i just got know. something from ebay actually oh you yeah. did yeah yeah so yeah. ebay recently yeah has changed that that take so yeah. so so what what we need to think about in business is the feminine strength around connection and as we're saying not all women will be great connectors and you will have some men who are great connectors, but the right. strength they bring comes from a feminine um, uh, kind of characteristic. It comes from psychological femininity. Mm. The psychological femininity is our ability to, um, you know, it's characterized by things like connection, nurturing, empathy, um, a, a sort of prioritization on relationships. It's actually characterized by those things. And when we measure, for example, psychological femininity and psychological femininity can be a trait of men and women. Um, but what we're seeing in particularly organisations, organisations maybe maybe more traditional, old-fashioned organisations tend to be structured around more masculine strengths, so so psychological masculinity than feminine strengths. So they tend to be structured around. Um, how people can differentiate themselves from their environment, how they can set themselves apart from their environment. So think of, for example, the trait competition, or the, the it can be a strength competition. Uh, in a very competitive environment, um, you may miss opportunities for that connection. So that is that is um, um, that that that's something that that you have to watch. And I'll give you an example. So for example, um, even um, Google. 
uh, organization, huge market share, very innovative organization, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of staff. Um, they, the, some of the staff at Google have formed a minority union in the, I think it's just in the States, but I'm not sure. Uh, um, but they've formed a minority union. So it's about 800 staff have come together collectively to form a connection with each other to, in a way, advocate for Google to make decisions that are in line with what they say is um, not creating evil in the world. But but what that really means is, is Google and is Google, you know, standing up to its promise of being ethical, um, being caring about the causes that their staff care about. So they've actually come together and 800 staff is not, um, you know, the majority of all staff at Google, but they, they, end up having quite a lot of power through their connection because 800 staff can actually go on the internet, can talk to other people, can talk to their friends and family. When you think about the amount of people that 800 staff can touch, um, you know, in a digital space, it's actually, you end up with hundreds of thousands of people. So, so through connection, through this understanding of wanting to, um, wanting to kind of keep my organisation um, really valuing the things I value, these people have come together. So that, that that's an example of how connection can be a real strength, even though um, it's not, you don't have to connect everybody for connection to be a strength. Yeah, um, so from connection though to really foster connection the next trait we would be talking about is nurturing mm. so can you help us sort of dive into the nurturing aspect so because to have connections with people we would have to nurture the relationships yes, yes? exactly absolutely absolutely and nurturing is it comes from that that um those behaviors that really show someone that you care for them and that you have a in some ways a vested interest in in how successful they are um, and that that and care for example became a really key uh, value last year during COVID and and I'm sure even you know we're lucky in Australia that we sort of think of ourselves as kind of being post-COVID but that's not the case in other countries but care it was one of those differentiators and care is one of those things that is very um, crucial to trust. And so if you want to develop a high trust environment in your workplace and your business, you need to actually show through your actions, through your words, that you're caring for uh, and you're, you're, ben you're caring for your staff and that you're, you're interested in providing benefits for your staff. And we've seen this shift, you know, I think go 19th century, earlier 20th century, it was really the the church or the government that had the responsibility for caring for people and more and more it's become organisations, you know. Organisations provide uh, the the structure for people to live their lives. They provide benefits. They provide, you know, in, in the US they provide healthcare even. So um, there's a, this understanding that if, if I want to develop trust in my workforce, I really need to show them that I have um, their success in my heart in a way and I'm deliberately talking about heart you know we often don't think about heart as being you know I guess relevant in business 
but care is actually the way in which people connect at a real deep level. So if I care, if I really care about my customers, for example, and I really uh, am wanting to um, help them succeed, help them achieve their dreams, for example, I'll show that through my behavior and I need to show that through my words. I think we've got to a stage where it's okay in business to say, I really care about you. I care about what you think. I care about what you uh, what your opinion is, and I care about making sure that you're safe, that your well-being is, um, you know, optimized, that you're also getting a lot of meaning from work, that from the work that you're doing, and that you feel like you're achieving. All of those things lead to a high trust environment, and. Um, this is a good example of, of what you don't do if you want to build a high trusting environment through showing nurturing. I had um, someone uh, who's, uh, and I won't name who they work for, but they said, oh, my CEO, what he likes to do is to, um, you know, kind of trip, trip people up so that, um, you know, because he, he drives them hard and he really wants to make sure that they're performing. So what he does is he tests them. He, like, for example, he'll say, oh, did that inventory um, come in the other day? And what he's, he knows that that inventory came in, but what he's doing is testing that person to make sure that they're doing their job properly. That is what you don't do if you want to build a high trust environment. Because no <laughs> Is it a gentleman? Yes, mm. yes, it is. There is no ounce of care and nurturing in that behavior. The better behavior would be to just be transparent, ask a question, and if that person hasn't checked, to have a conversation which goes to, you know what, it's really important to the success of our business and your role that you kind of stay on top of these things. Um, what's going on for you that maybe you missed that yesterday? That is a caring response. That is actually something which shows that person that you're interested in develop, developing their capability, that you're not, you're not going to blame them when something goes wrong. You're interested in helping them learn and succeed. And it's a much more caring response because you're actually asking them to um, open up about maybe something that's happening to them internally or personally, etc. And so for, you, for that kind of level of openness and transparency, the, the CEO and the business manager themselves needs to show that. They need to um, talk about the way in which they care for others. They need to talk about the way in which that they're nurturing others. And, and, and you know, nurturing is, is about understanding that the well-being of other people is, is a, a business priority. It's actually saying, I care about you and the way you feel and think is important. So there's um, that level of care is what we see in organisations that um, have, for example, higher levels of trust and loyalty in employees and the employees tend to stay in the organisation. And even if you have high turnover, because some industries just have high turnover because of the nature of the industry, that person will leave and and sing that organization's praises. And that's what you want because every employee that leaves you is then a, a potential customer. Yeah, that's good, Joe. That's really, really good point. Um, but to have this level of care, I think people need empathy. Yes, like, yeah. so, 
care like genuine care i think is very hard to fake like when yes. see yeah. i you know everybody knows it everybody knows when somebody cares for them and everybody also knows when someone is faking the care so <laughs> yes how do we you know so i think now empathy is our last sort of topic here but how does empathy play into all these things we've talked about yeah so empathy um empathy is the ability to notice and then to reflect back so these are things you can learn to do so you know to your point you're right i mean you know you can't fake it until you make it on any on things like nurturance Nurturance is something you've really got to think about. You've got to sort of shift your mindset to saying this is important. Um, and it's the mindset of, you know, being a, being uh, connected to people. It's saying, you know, my my I can't succeed unless we all succeed. That's what connection is about. Um, and nurturing is part of that. But empathy is actually something that you can learn, which is great, right? So we, we don't have to, um, we don't have to kind of think about this in a kind of, um, intangible way and i'll give you i'll give you a a a great tool so there is actually i might put a link to this tool in the show notes there's a tool called an empathy map that you can use and what this empathy map does is it actually highlights the kinds of questions you could ask someone so that you are noticing and you are then reflecting back to them in a way that shows other people that you empathize with them and again, you need to do that. If you're going to create a high trust environment in your business, you need to be worried about this because you cannot create a high trust environment unless you do this. So, so um, one of the, the key things around um, empathizing is notice. What is that person saying? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And what are they doing? So you notice four things about that person. What are they saying? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And what are they doing? And you try to put yourself in their shoes when you answer those questions. And you could, if you don't know the answers to those questions, you could ask someone. So when this happens, what do you see? Or, you know, when I, when I behave in that way, um, what, what do you do? Or um, when I was telling you that, uh, when I was giving you those instructions yesterday, what did you hear? Just replay that back to me. These are things you can ask people. It gives you an understanding of how they think. And that's what empathy is, is kind of bringing yourself back into the, that, those people, um, in, bringing yourself into their um, space yeah. so that you understand. And then, and then the other thing about reflecting back is that will help you understand what they need. So, um, so it may be that then I can reflect back, oh, okay, so when I gave you those instructions, you heard ABC. Um, in fact, um, in fact, I I wasn't aware that that you, you would interpret it that way. How could I do it better next time so that my intention is clearer for you? 
So asking the right kind of questions as yeah. well and being yeah. self-aware to ask That's those right. kinds of questions. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the, what the empathy template or empathy map does, it also helps you to um, reflect on these things for your staff. Um, you could do an empathy map on your key customers. Um, you could do an empathy map on your stakeholders or if you have a, for example, if you have a supplier that isn't working out but you, you know, you kind of need them to, to get, you know, to kind of get on board and, and improve their, their, their sort of relationship with you or their, their performance with you, um, then you could do an empathy map with your supplier as well because we often forget about suppliers. Suppliers are so important to business. They are so important to our supply chain. You, if you have a supplier that that doesn't um, do what they say they were going to do or doesn't um, keep their promises with when they're dealing with your customers, that can really be the end of business. So your suppliers are so important. Um, so, so yeah, well, you can actually do an empathy map exercise. Um, and, and again, you don't have to guess this. If you don't know, it means you don't know. So you ask a question. And people love to talk about themselves, Christy. This is my little secret. People <laughs> love to talk about themselves. We're all narcissists and so We are, yeah. They, and when, so when I ask a question and you talk about yourself, that increases your trust in me. I don't even have to say anything. If I ask you questions that helps you to share something about you, that increases your trust in me. So, you know, that's gold. Yeah, I think, but natural conversation also is that we're also sharing as well. So, you know, not just asking the questions. Yes, exactly. But we're, it's like both in, exactly. in a sense. Like they're, so the other person doesn't feel that they're just being vulnerable and sharing everything. No, we're that's just taking, right. Yeah, so... Yeah. But, but having said that, Christy, when you, for example, if you meet strangers, uh, say you're at a net business networking, breakfast or lunch, because everyone kind of always has a bit of anxiety about those. <laughs> if, you, if you just ask people, if you go, if you, we've done research on this, you can, it, it, it's actually evidence-based. If you go to someone and you uh, just ask them questions about themselves and get them talking, even if you haven't shared anything about yourself, if you just then walk away, they will have a positive impression of you. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that for mm, sure. Mm, mm. Yeah. I was the crazy person. This week, you know, I was meeting up with uh, like an organization related for higher spaces. Yeah. And since I had just gotten Finn, I was like tying everything to Finn. And I think... <laughs> I'm sure they thought I was insane, but I was like, so okay, call, call us. Okay. <laughs> See you. I was like, do you like, I was like, do you like cats? Do you like animals? It's like, oh, right. Marketing, digital marketing. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like, uh, yeah, my experience this week, <laughs> but, but they, but they, they're going to call us. I, I'm sure. Uh, okay. But, but you know what, Chrissy, like that, that's the thing. I, you've just had this, you know, beautiful, um, kind of, um, you know, soul of a cat come come into your life who's got such a probably, you know, when you think about it, a story, you know, the animal has a story as well. But if, you, if you're able to share that story with someone, if they're really interested in that and you, um, they get, you get a chance to tell your story, your 
you automatically feel warm, warm, uh, positive, and um, the and, and you're starting to develop trust with people you're talking to. So yeah. we often, yeah, we often think we have to talk, but the, the trick is to listen. And this yeah. is the thing with empathy too. It's about really noticing and listening. Yeah, that's good. Really noticing and listening. I think we're going to have to wrap up there. Mm. So, but we definitely appreciate everybody's feedback and questions you may have. Um, hope this topic was insightful and enjoyable to listen to. And obviously, please send us any questions and comments at Josephine at geared4growth.biz. And specifically, if you're women or men who are interested in these uh, aspects that we spoke about, um, give us give us an email. We'd like to hear it. We hope you have a great week and hopefully we will see you or join next time or join us next time. I can't even speak. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to next week. So yeah, join us then. All right. And join Finn, obviously. Join Finn. Yeah, he's got meowing. <laughs> I had to mute myself actually. Yeah. I know my one ear is like, I can't not block him out. So I think that's why I'm like incoherent. Hopefully, hopefully everybody thinks that. <laughs> You're all good, Christy. All right, so so bye, Finn.